right time it is. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Mount Draftmore. Today, we're going to do a little bracket. Bracket breakdown. That's right, bracket breakdown. Bracket breakdown, yeah. Last time you heard us talk about the bracket build up, we gave you kind of the behind the scenes, if you want to think about it that way. How did we get to where we are now, which is a pretty stacked bracket. We got 32 teams of global landmarks, right? How are we going to get down to a final winner, at least what we think is the winner? That's what you're going to hear now and then. Heavy hitters today. Great matchups. Looking forward to some. The Vatican, uh, Sistine Chapel, Wailing Wall, Israel. That's going to be a big one. Uh, also, interesting matchups. The Sensoji Temple versus the Arc de Triomphe. Like, <sighs> Matt. Yeah. How, bro. How? How? I don't... I. I I don't even know. I don't even know how we're going to determine these. We're going to drop the facts to like, we're going to drop the facts on you. Uh, so you can fill out the bracket for yourself and determine your own winner if you agree or disagree. But I mean, we're going to have our own consensus between the two of us. And that will be the representation of dr- like draft more Dylan and Dustin might be like, Oh, that, that doesn't count. Like that doesn't represent my draft more. You know what? You're not here. <laughs> This is we, you know, we had to get something going. Gotta get something going. Had to get something going. All right, hey, just let's run through the bracket. Yeah, and give them. A, that's YouTube. Uh, let's run through the bracket and give them a little refresher of who's playing who. We're gonna go east to west, but from top to bottom, bottom to top. So we're hitting first six, like starting with the first all the way around counterclockwise. In the east, though, first round. First round matchup, Statue of Liberty versus Burj Khalifa. Next up, we're going to go with the Sensoji Temple versus the Arc de Triomphe. The Hagia Sophia versus Big Ben. Taj Mahal versus Notre Dame. The Panama Canal versus the Sydney Opera House. The Neuschwanstein Castle versus St. Basil's Cathedral. Dude, you said that perfectly. Sistine Chapel versus the Wailing Wall. Statue of Genghis Khan versus the Eiffel Tower. That's right, that's right. And then over on the west, we have Japan's Mount Fuji versus the Great Wall of China. Terracotta Army versus Tibet, uh, Mount Everest. Forbidden City versus Yellowstone. The Colosseum versus Stonehenge. Acropolis versus Victoria Falls. Easter Island Heads versus Machu Picchu. Chichen Itza versus the Grand Canyon. And then last but not least, the Matterhorn versus the Pyramids. And just to remind you, like some people are going to be like, hey, how come you didn't match... Match these things up. This would have been a great matchup with this. Like, I already know. Why'd you put Greece, Acropolis versus Victoria Falls? Like, a natural versus a a man-made structure? Hey, that's how the seating worked. We didn't, we didn't, well, it's yeah, not it's like random. We, we didn't pick the matchups and then assign the seating. We assigned the seating and that determined the matchups. Like, that. that's how playoffs work. That's how sports work. Also, you know, just deal with it. And hopefully your winner <laughs> moves on. If it can't beat the other opponent, then it wouldn't have mattered moving on in the later round. So get out of here with that jazz. You don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. All right. Uh, so first round, first matchups, starting in the East, we've got the Statue of Liberty versus the Burj Khalifa. Statue of Liberty coming in as the number one seed. A heavy, heavy hitter. Created- oh, Absolutely. He created in 1886. This is the symbol of freedom, right? Getting immigrants over into America, making America the blending pot that it is. It's the first is. thing you see. It's the first thing you see. It was a gift from the French. The metalwork was designed by Gustave Eiffel. Is As that in Eiffel Tower egg, guy. That's, 
right? And the statue is of Libertas, or Liber, yeah, Libertas, Libertas yeah. the Roman goddess of liberty. And, and she's holding a, a tablet, has July 4th, 1776 on it, and at her feet are actually the broken, it's like broken chain and ankle setup. So it's like she's breaking free and she's showing you liberty, holding the torch, all that good stuff. Baller, symbolism, love it. It's America, it's freedom. It's freedom. So yeah, uh, created in 1886. It stands at 305 feet tall. I don't know how many meters that is. Uh, I'm going to look real quick, though. Let's do this. It's tall. There's your... <laughs> five meters. Five meters. Oh, let's go meters to feet. Wow. There you go, people. 305. 92 meters. Okay, so it's 92 meters. Let's add that to uh, to our little stat chart yeah. here. Because I feel like that's kind of important, right? Yeah, you know, we understand that everybody else in the world uses meters. We use feet. It's so confusing. Okay. So, 92 meters. And, oh, annual visits per year, 3.5 million. Gets Pretty a lot good. of visitors. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, not bad for a first seed. All right, next up, the 16 seed, the... Uh, Gonna have a tough time beating the Statue of Liberty, but nevertheless, we got the Burj Khalifa. It's the tallest building in the world, constructed in 2009, so pretty recent here. It's only about what, a little over a decade old now, but nevertheless, you're talking about 829.8 meters, which is the equivalent of 2,722 feet tall. That is tall. All right. Interestingly enough, some of the structural steel that actually was utilized to build. The Burj Khalifa was actually taken from the old East German Parliament in Berlin back when those East and West Germany, East and West Berlin, back during the Soviet era. Uh, it's designed by the same firm that built One World Trade Center, so the gigantic building that's 1,776 feet tall in New York that took the place of the fallen World Trade Centers. It has 57 total elevators and eight escalators, it was originally named the Burj Dubai because it's in Dubai, but its name was changed to the Burj Khalifa after a donation because it was struggling to actually get completed by the Sheikh Khalifa, who is the ruler of the UAE. So he's like, you know, if I'm paying for him, I'm naming it for myself. And interestingly enough, where Dubai has become kind of this oasis and this really popular tourist destination that has a lot of money, and I mean, they have things like indoor like skiing and snowboarding and all that kind of crazy stuff. The Burj Khalifa, for being the tallest building in the world, actually doesn't really make much of a profit at all compared to the rest of Dubai. So there you go, 16-seed Burj Khalifa. Annual visits are anywhere from about 1.87 to about 2 million people. Dang, so it doesn't even get as many people. That's a bummer. It's funny when you watch old Amazing Race. I mean, I didn't watch the Amazing Race when it was, like, until recently, until pandemic, right? Shout out Draftmore. I picked that in the 2000s live shows. Hey, it's it's actually, <laughs> I I hadn't seen it then, and now I've seen it, and I might amend who I picked. I can't even remember who I picked. <laughs> uh, I know I won that one. Go Survivor. I see you're wearing a Survivor yeah, shirt. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Yeah, let's go. Um, anyways, I remember when they have a challenge where they go to the Burj Khalifa, and it's, and it's being built. Yeah. So I... I remember it's not even that old. You're right. Can you imagine working on that thing? Like, imagine you're like one of the like metal workers, and it's like, oh, by the way, you're gonna need to top off. We're gonna need you up on the you know 
the 828th meter level. We need you to finish that. You know, I wonder how many, I wonder how many people visit the Empire State Building. What that, do you think? You it know, is? that's that's a good comparison. Like, I wonder how many people visit the Empire State Building. You know, and if the Statue of Liberty is getting what three and a half million, you got to figure the Empire State Building is anywhere between two and five million. Let's see, Empire State. Another one of my picks. What what building? Shout out U.S. Landmarks. So it has four million views. Okay, four million. So yeah, it's right per, in that ballpark then. Per, per year. Well, the reason why I bring that up is because the Empire State Building is a lot older mm-hmm. um, than the Burj Khalifa, and the Burj Khalifa is in a part of the world where I don't think there's a ton of tourism. You know, it's an, in the middle of the desert. They, it, they yeah. try to have like UFC events. And if shit you think there, about but. what I've heard, and I might be completely off basis, but what I've heard is that Dubai is very much like Las Vegas. It's cool, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, if I had a lot of money and I wanted to like get people to come to my my spot and that didn't really have a, a natural tourist attraction, build the bills, biggest building in the world. That's a good idea, dude. I'm. Honestly, leaning towards Burj Khalifa. Really? I, I hmm. We might have to, like, coin toss it, or we might have to roll the dice or something, but I think the Burj Khalifa, I realize what the Statue of Liberty means. Maybe that makes me crazy, but I'm just, like, astounded by the height. It's 829 meters high. It's half a mile high. <laughs> it is half a mile high. That's insane to me. That's insane. See, while I I agree that I think physically it is definitely the dominant force when you compare the two. You're Mr. Franchise. But at the same time, it just seems kind of like a store brand landmark. Oh, that's rude. You know what I'm saying? No, there's nothing like... What's the next next tallest building? Second tallest building in the world. Good question. I mean, here, we'll look it up. Yeah. Second tallest building in the, let's see, it's the Shanghai Tower. Yeah. Dude, it's a set, it's about, it's a little, 600 and something feet less. 600 and we need to go back to our meters to feet, because meters to feet, what I say, like 600 something? Let's say 650. Yeah. I'm not going to do the math, guys. It's almost 200 meters shorter, bro. I See, I get the physical 200 aspect. meters is so much. 600 to 800 is so much. But it, I guarantee you, if you ask somebody, anybody, what's the tallest building in the world, they don't know this, like, at all. What's the mark of a good landmark? It's, I, it's, not, only, it's not only the physical nature of it, but also, like, the iconography. What Do people know it? This might be a. I would say this is more of like a look. If a we cool were if, if we were going off of if we are going off of no research, okay, then I would agree with you. Yes, the Statue of Liberty, but we've researched it. Like this is a modern marvel. This if there was a new if they did a like that they did that New World Wonders list, but that was before this was built. So I mean, this could be a world wonder. It is eight hundred meters tall. You're talking about a landmark. You can see that from so far <laughs> away, bro. Like it, it is a mountain. It is so ridiculously tall. 
when you're at the top of it, you can see the curvature of space. Like all of you flat earthers, go to the top of the Burj <laughs> You'll Khalifa. You'll get proven wrong. There's your proof. I, I think we might have to we have to do like a roll off for this because I can't I, get over the story and the history behind the Statue of Liberty of like what it means to people when they see it. People haven't like think about it. You're like a poor like Irish immigrant in the early the dawn of the Industrial Revolution. You left home because you got nothing, and then you travel aboard this like rat infested boat, and you arrive in New York Harbor, and you see that, and you're like, "We've made it, we've made it." You, you like you are so overwhelmed with emotion, and then depending on who you are, there might be racism. You might get drafted into the military, but yeah, and you know what? The cities still have a bunch of rats and disease, and it's not. But really... for that fleeting moment when you see that statue, it meant a lot of people. It meant a lot to. Yeah, me. but what have you done for me lately? <laughs> like, what have you done for it's me, Lady lately? Liberty? Ninety-two meters, ninety-two meters. It's not even an eighth of the size, and I get hey, it. It's like, not about the size; it's about how you use it, dude. Liberty. That... Burj Khalifa. We're gonna need this. Is that's gonna be a roll? I'm I'm picking Cinderella story for Burj Khalifa. You're picking uh, against like that game against. It's so tall. Where's our dice? Virginia. Where is the dice? I don't think we got the dice on. We're gonna have to do a random number generator. Oh my gosh. Well, here I can I can I can do that on I can do that here in front of people. So is there? Do I just Google it? Yeah, random number generator. Let's do this. Okay, people, random number. Oh, sweet. Okay, what do we want it to be? What do we want our max number to be? Let's just stick with what we got, 30. Give the people what they know. 30? Mm-hmm. I don't understand the significance of 30. It's I... a 30-sided die. Oh. Yeah, yeah. If this is just like a digital die. Oh, all right, yeah. digital die. So what What are our numbers? Just high, whoever gets the highest roll. Oh, we're going to do it yeah. twice? Yeah, do it twice. All right, well, so first one, first seed, first roll. All right, first seed, first roll. All right, Statue of Liberty. Yep. They rolled a nine. <laughs> okay, second roll. Seed. Second roll, here we go. Five! Yeah! Oh, my God. The Statue of Liberty moves Oh, my on. goodness. Okay, Statue of Let's Liberty go. it is. That is crazy. Holy smokes. That, that's one where, like, the game went into overtime, and I just, you know, I, I hit my free throws. Hey, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with it because that's the that's the it's nature the of the scene, game. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was oddly satisfying. <laughs> okay. Rockin'. So our next matchup, we've got the Sensoji Temple and the Arc de Triomphe. And ooh, Sensoji Temple. That's in that's over in Japan, y'all. Mm -hmm. And that thing is the most visited temple in the world. Just a Yo, little, yeah, like the little. most widely visited spiritual site. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. Bro, where'd you put this damn thing? Uh, oh, there it is. Okay. Found it. All right. uh, damn, it's the oldest temple in Japan. Mm -hmm. Originally Buddhist, but became independent after World War II. So it's just, it, isn't it a, um, like a Shinto? I think it's Shinto, yeah. Yeah. And it's the most widely visited spiritual site in the world, dedicated to the Bodhisatt Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva. Yeah. Okay. Of compassion. Dude, 30 million yeah. visits. Yep. 30 million visits. Holy smokes. And like, it was established in 645 AD. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's why it's a number four seed. This thing is a beast. 
And it's probably one of those ones, again, where people, probably people don't know about it, but if they've like, heard this, they'd be like, what? See, what? people... Okay, hey, for everyone who's listening and who's also watching, and you hear the surprise in my voice, that's because, like, Matt did the research for the East, and I did the research for the West. So I'm kind of learning about the East with you. You know, we're pressed for time. We can only do so much, but we dive in deep on each of our sides. But, dude, holy smokes, that's crazy. 30 million people. Crazy. 30 million people. That's... Holy smokes, that takes a big fat steaming dump on everything. <laughs> Eat that. Oh, dude, Statue of Liberty is going to have to play against them yeah. next. Good luck. Oh, Good my luck. goodness. Okay, well, that's Sensoji Cat. Yeah, and, and like other things that I've heard about too is that, you know, there's all sorts of crazy festivals that they host there. They got some crazy statues in it. Like, just seems like a pretty darn cool place. So, <sighs> dude, that's Temple. dope. Mm-hmm. That's sick. It's sick. Japan representing. All right. It's going to have, yep, Arc de Triomphe. You're going to have our time with this one. But nevertheless, the Arc de Triomphe, it's built in 1836. It is a gigantic arch, if you want to think about it. It honors those who fought and died for France in the French Revolution in the Napoleonic Wars. It actually has the names of all the French victories and generals inside and out. So if you actually go up close, you'd see basically kind of like an homage to French warfare one way or another. Uh, it also has the tomb of the unknown soldier from world war one is smack dab in the middle of it, uh, beneath its vault. So kind of imagine going underneath the arch smack dab in the middle. That's the tomb of the unknown soldier. And then it was the largest arch in the world until about 1938. So if you're talking about like a hundred years, is this, you want some arch action, arc de triomphe. There you go. Um, it also has a, Two replicas of it. One's in Las Vegas and one's in New York City in Greenwich Village. So if you want to see something that's very similar, you could have a couple of options. But this is the OG original one that actually has all the history, the story, and the meaning. I imagine to French people, this is probably like a very like powerful place. It, it, it almost strikes me as like the equivalent of us going to like Arlington National Cemetery or like any of like the monuments on like the Vietnam war memorial or anything like that on in Washington, DC, it probably has that same amount like weight to it. Yeah. Um, It has about 1.5 million people that visit annually. Yeah. It's a significant place in history for sure. I mean, there's pictures of they, when they do the, they transpose the one picture over like a modern picture over an older picture Mm -hmm. and it goes, it like fades from color to gray. And they have ones of like Hitler and the Nazis like marching in. Yep. And then, like, modern traffic. Because it's right <laughs> in the middle of the road. Like, what the hell? Like, the placement. If it wasn't... I imagine <laughs> when it was built, it wasn't surrounded by a road. You know, it's probably, like, a piazza or some. It's probably, like, an open square of the, some kind. The yeah. French version of a plaza, right? I will say, though, like, how... If, like, you look at an aerial photo, like, how, like, perfectly aligned it is with, like... It almost looks like the spokes of a wheel with, like these neighborhoods that like branch out from it. It's, it's pretty crazy. If you look at those aerial photos. Now, oh man, this brings me back to the 64 because, or no, the, the top 30. No. Yeah. The 64. Cause yeah. we had to pick the 64 and I was trying to go with the Brandenburg gate. <laughs> Y'all look up the Brandenburg gate. It is it's way cool. better than this freaking gate. I don't, I don't know why this one made, I mean, it, it was another roll off situation. Yeah. I think we did yeah. do another roll off for that. And, freaking french one but 
That German gate's way better. And it's not in the middle of the road. The French ones, this is an easy one for me. I'm yeah, going with the Sensoji Temple. I'll Sensoji go with the Sensoji Temple. Temple as well. I, I thought the, you know, originally thinking about this, I thought the arch would have a little bit more oomph uh, behind it. But, you know, it, it probably means a lot to the French people, and I, I acknowledge that. But, I don't know, maybe it's one of those things where you gotta, you got to be there to see it. Yeah, maybe, but maybe. you know what? It ain't, Not it ain't today, worth though. it. It's Not moving today. on. It's moving on against number one seed Statue of Liberty. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. That's going to be a good matchup. Hey, oh, yeah. Oh, it's the four seed. My bad. Not five. Can't disrespect it like that. Yeah. Put some respect in his name. The Hagia Sophia versus Big Ben. This is our next matchup. Mm -hmm. And, ooh, went back to that number generator. My bad. My bad, y'all. Uh, Yeah. What are we thinking here? What are we thinking? What do we know about the Hagia Sophia? It's old. Really old. Super old. What? Uh, no, that's refurbished in 1935. What year is it? 537. Damn. So it's older than Sensoji. Dang. Mm -hmm. It was the largest Christian church in the Eastern Roman Empire. Yep. Designed by Greek geometer. Ge geometers damn it geometers there man we, I, we were talking about that before too and i was struggling with it geometers geometers so but by Why can't being I designed by the greek geometers that means everything in that church must be mathematically perfect because they are mathematicians who specialize in geometry geometry specialists kids if you like your shapes and you're good at it stick with it you can be a geometer see i see if i say it in a sentence there you geometer. go you gotta, it has to be in a sentence geometer Geometer. In a sentence, please. Geometer. Later, later became a Catholic church, converted to a mosque during the Ottoman Empire. Um, yep, converted to a museum in 1935. Then it was a mosque again in 2020 because COVID. No, I don't. That's not actually true. Who, kn but, who knows? Yeah. But it really yeah. did become a mosque again in 2020. They were like, hey, you know what? Screw this museum status. We don't want foreigners in here anymore. <laughs> this place has more meaning than that. Exactly. Um, said to have changed the history of architecture, largest indoor space at the time of its construction style, and it has been copied for thousands of years, like cultural, or, but it's been copied like culturally, architecturally. It's also an icon within it's within Middle Eastern culture and mm -hmm. like Turkish culture. One of the ones that got left what out is when we now? think about you know the ground of sixty four was the Blue Mosque, which is exactly a carbon copy of the Hagia Sophia. It was supposed to be like a rival thing. Talk about envy. Right? So it has that, that's, that style that you see, kind of that Eastern Orthodox Byzantine architecture, you know, out in Istanbul, back when it used to be Constantinople. You think of like the large domes, that kind of style. That's the Hagia Sophia. That was copied for thousands of years when people were building anything from mosques to churches to anything kind of in that Middle East um, region, really. So, quite, uh, quite the, quite the spot, and it still gets a lot of visitors. Mm -hmm. Three point seven million. Three point seven million visitors. That's a hell of a lot of visitors. That is a lot of people. <sighs> That's a matchup. That's a matchup and a half, dude. Big Ben. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Big Ben. I mean, moving on to the one that's going right up against. You're talking about 1859. So it, what it had its 150th anniversary like a decade ago it's yeah like, should we be impressed with the clock tower all right well what i'll say about the clock tower is that the interesting thing is that big ben like people just call it big ben 
But Big Ben is actually the name of the bell that chimes with the time of the day. Interesting. Interestingly enough, um, the tower's name was actually originally Clock Tower, really unoriginal. But then they renamed it to be the Elizabeth Tower to mark the Diamond Jubilee of Queen Elizabeth II in 2012. Right. Uh, at the time of its completion, it was not only the largest clock in the world, but the most accurate. How about that? Right. It, it, like, it's very precise. You go, go for you, you Brits. Um, all four nations in the UK are represented with some artwork surrounding the clock tower. It is a UNESCO World Heritage Site since 1987. And it is, without a doubt, one of the most prominent symbols of the UK and parliamentary democracy because it is basically the clock tower in British Parliament. So uh, it gets numbers on visitors... Who knows, really? Um, can't really find that information, which is odd. But I found about seven hundred. I mean, seventy-five thousand UK residents go see it every year. So you got to figure probably in the millions for international visitors. Well, I wonder how many people actually go inside it versus <clears throat> drive by it, and they're like, "Yay, there's Big Ben!" Hey, yeah, all right, I saw it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was reading that they have like like three tours a day. During the work week, so I don't feel like that's mm. anything. Who knows? How many knows? tours of the White House are there a day? Oh, well, I mean, White House tours like you got to get cleared like six months in advance to do that. <laughs> yeah, they, the security's tight for that. They're like, you better be American, pretty much. Damn. All right. Well, I mean, Hagia Sophia. That's it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's I'd, another. I think it was probably that's probably the easy <laughs> choice there. I think Big Ben is definitely an important British icon. But at the same time, Hagia Sophia's just got the history to it, you know? Okay. But if we think about, like, what have you done for me lately? It's true. I mean, Big Ben is in every movie that has to do with England. <coughs> yeah, you think about anything Everything. British. It's basically the Empire State Building for Britain. Because think of what other British landmarks, like, are, like, that simple and easy to identify? Dude, like, if you, showed, if you showed Big me Tower ben. Bridge, I probably would be like... Uh, I, I wouldn't know it off the top of my head, but Big Ben is iconic. Big Ben. And it's, okay, so earlier, I said earlier, like, it's a clock. Yeah. So what's the big deal? Clocks are hella impressive. It was the most accurate one. Dude, clocks are feats of engineering. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen how many things it takes to make a watch work? I'm not talking about a digital watch. I'm talking about, like, an old analog watch. So many gears and, like, just mo literally moving parts. Like, that is a feat of engineering in itself. Like, the Hagia Sophia, ah, dude, that's hard, though. It's mathematically, like, perfect. And it It's got like, rooms in it that are architectural, like, they're works of art, yeah. but they're also, like, geometrically sound. Big Ben looks like it's about uh, 96 meters, 316 feet. Dude, this is, a, this is a hard matchup. I feel like this is definitely an overtime matchup, but Big Ben for the clock is is its own kind of feet. It's its own type of math. It weighs it's, like 13, over almost 14 tons. It's math versus math. And that's just like the clock face weighs almost 14 tons. And it's 7.2 feet tall and has a diameter of almost 9 feet. So think about it just like just the clock face. And there's four of them. So imagine the inner workings. Imagine like the brain of that clock tower that Dude. has on four sides. And it's like perfectly well-oiled and functioning. Oh, my goodness. Like, it's so intricate. I was reading that they had to actually shut it down two years ago, and it won't reopen until next year because they're spending time on, like, renovating it and whatnot. So they actually had to shut the clock down. Imagine, like, 
a renovation that takes almost five years, that's an intricate clock. Dude, it's so iconic. Like, I think of it in Peter Pan. Yeah. Right? A bunch of James Bond movies, Austin Powers. Sherlock Holmes. Sure, like, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to go with Big Ben on this one. Oh. I think he gets the upset. Oh, my goodness. I think he He's, gets the upset. It looks so opulent as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Oh, you know what? Well, nope. Let's give the let's give the people a little bit of fair share here. I mean, the yeah. Hagia. So- Let me give the Hagia Sophia like a little a little give love. Give some love. It needs right? some love. Yeah. It looks like something naturally out of the Star Wars universe. Oh, it's definitely like you know, <laughs> most Eisley. It's or or Naboo. Ooh, Naboo is actually a better it, comparison. It looks yeah. a lot like something from Naboo, and as a fan, I just feel like wow, that is amazing. And the inside of it is absolutely astounding. Like, holy. I don't know what's more impressive. because What what was the year for the Hagia Sophia again? 537. So in 537, they were making these beautiful arches that are perfect. Like, that thing is perfect. I can't get over it. I can't. It, do, it, it, I don't it, know. It's I, a work of art, honestly. This is hard. This is a hard one. Like, I know you're Big Ben. Big Ben inner clock. Let's see if it'll give me a picture of the inside. I saw the inner of the clock um, during Great Mouse Detective, but I don't know that I've ever seen it in real life. Wow, yeah, those are gigantic gears. Oh, dude, those are huge. But you know what? It's not as complicated as I would have expected. I bet you that's because it's been updated. Hmm. Oh, yeah, it's probably been modernized over over this, this course of the last 150 years. Dude, I think we have to go random generator. Yeah, I, I'd be satisfied with either one, honestly. Yeah. Random number generator. We're going to do it again out of 30. And who's the who's the top seed in this? The Hagia Sophia? Hagia Sophia, yep. So they're rolling a 13. 13, all right, that's pretty good. Yep, and... Oh my goodness! Big Ben loses by two, thirteen to eleven. Well, you know, Big Ben, you had a good run. You good run. Those are wow. So that's again, that's a matchup that we did not plan. That got matched up on its own, and I thought that was a really good matchup. Yeah, no, I mean, for different reasons that they are very competitive. In the very beginning, I was very like steadfast, like oh Hagia Sophia easily, and then we started talking about it, and I was like, oh eh, Big, Big Ben, ben though, is yeah, pretty impressive. And then I pulled up the picture. I pulled up equal pictures of yeah. both of them, right? And the outside of Big Ben is amazing. Yeah, right. But the Hagia Sophia both having that Naboo look, being from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Oh, yeah, still, they built that with such rudimentary like, like technology. So. Again, so just to justify that pick just a little bit, because I know like a clock is really amazing. A four-sided clock, that's amazing. But the fact that it's still standing, it's because of the geometry that made it. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the, like, the strongest buildings in the world, honestly. If you think about like their building techniques and use of like archways and like natural shapes to actually increase the strength and the load. Some engineers listening to this are like, yeah, he's right. Color me impressed. Color me impressed. That's a great matchup. All right. Moving on. We got Taj Mahal versus Notre Dame. Ooh, this is the eight and the nine this seed. Is, this, this is, is a match. Evenly matched one. This is a this is a toss up. Taj Mahal. Um 
actually a mausoleum dedicated to the favorite wife of, is it Mughal? Mughal? I think it's Mughal. Mughal Emperor Shah Jahan has both their tombs. Oh, both their tombs are in it. I knew that. Got that. It's got both the pools in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. A lot Pretty of gardens iconic. and stuff. Yep. $956 million today. Is that how much it's made? Yeah, like the cost of construction would be almost like a billion dollars in today's money. Oh, my God. Is that because of the type of stone that it's made of? I think so, yeah. That's pretty impressive. He was originally supposed to build two of them. Yeah. Yeah, the one across the waterway, he, and it was supposed to be all black. Yeah. No, there, it was supposed to be like a matching kind of thing, symmetry. Yeah, like the dual, like dualism. Dualism. Employed 20,000 artisans during its construction. Yup. That's pretty sweet. Built in 1653. Not bad, not bad. And garners 7 to 8 million visitors a year. Yeah. Pre-COVID. I mean, that's not bad. It's one of the new seven wonders of the world. Oh, is it? Yeah. Ooh, that kind of changes things. I mean, it gets that little extra little boost. It's one of those accolades, as they call them, accolades. All right, well, number nine, Notre Dame. It so, got burnt up a couple of years ago. Notre Dame, this is tough because, like, there's a lot of information about Notre Dame itself, but it was built in 1345. The interesting note about that is actually it was started in 1163. So it took, I mean, a little shy of 200 years to complete. Obviously, they had the Crusades mixed in with that, so... Um, I'm sure the French and the French king and honestly, like the the Catholic Church had a lot on their on their plate and they weren't as concerned about the completion of a a church at the time. But nevertheless, it takes a little under 200 years to complete. Um, one of the most widely recognized symbols of Paris in France overall. Right? You're talking about all the outcry and anguish that it was burning a couple of years ago. It's because it is fundamentally like one of the symbols of Paris in France and uh, Macron. The French president was talking about how it's one of their largest objectives is to get it completely renovated and start of the Olympics in 2024. So that tells you its priorities in French culture. Um, outside of that, medieval Catholic church, like I said, and it's just been one of the epicenters of really like Catholicism in Europe, in Western Europe in particular. Outside of the Vatican City, you think about Notre Dame being one of those culturally and religiously significant locations it's got that classic french gothic style all those flying buttresses and all that kind of stuff um it's a really striking building when you look at it and it gets about 13 million visitors annually and that should tell you its significance not only to the french people but also to people around the world as a religious and cultural and architectural icon really oh another tough matchup another mm-hmm. head-to-head crazy i don't know man sounds like you're kind of leaning with notre dame i'm i'm a little bit more on the notre dame side but i also like it's it's not as it's not a super clear cut like line in the sand for me because i also see the taj mahal is like super striking in itself it's like like i think that parcel of land that's on is like hundreds of acres like it's huge dude but I'm gonna I'm I'm saying I'm gonna go with the upset. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with Notre Dame. I uh I don't think I can do that. I don't know, man. I feel like the Taj Mahal, if you think about India and you were to ask the common person oh, damn. 
Okay. Yeah, nope, you, nope. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to take that back because that's why it's the eighth seed. Mm. That's why it's the eighth seed. Because if you ask the average person, they'd be like, the Taj Mahal is the symbol of India. Mm-hmm. Like that is the, that's like the main recognizable thing out of India. Notre Dame's facts speak for it. Notre Dame's got, yeah, the, the history behind it. But I don't give a know. shit what Macron says. <laughs> I don't because he's not right. Like if you think, what is the symbol of France? Probably the Eiffel Tower, honestly. Yes. Yeah. No question. It is. I mean, Taj Mahal is a seven wonder of the world. I know, dude. That's a that's a big sticker. It's a new seven wonder of the mm-hmm. world. It's got that, and I think the Taj Mahal is also a UNESCO World Heritage Site, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, mm, I'm sure Notre Dame probably is too. But that new world wonder, dude. I'm gonna go with Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. I'll join you. I'll go. I'll, I'll, I switched my vote. I'll go with Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal moving on. So we're gonna put Taj Mahal up there, and that's gonna do it for this little quarter of the bracket. Yep. But we're still in round one, dude. You should be using the. Matt's on the soundboard, y'all. He's I know run, we, he's running the soundboards. Normally, I run it during Mount Draftmore, like our like dur- during Mount Draftmore, but on bracket build off and bracket breakdowns, Matt is running the board. I know. I gotta find our. I gotta find our rounds. I think it's in Bank Four, man. Uh, there it is. There you go. Round two. Well, we're still in round one. Oh, well, round one. You get. You get what I'm saying. There you go. Round one. There we go. I mean, there won't be a championship <laughs> round, but maybe we can just make that. We'll just make that. Okay, so moving forward, we have the number seven seed versus the number ten seed, the Panama Canal versus the Sydney Opera House. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we got, you know, 7 to 10. That's still, like, a really good matchup normally in some March Madness it's a close, type stuff. close game, yeah. Here, this is going to be challenging just because at a, like, at a first glance, Sydney looks pretty, but Panama is practical. It's more impressive. Yeah. So the Panama Canal was created in 1914. Took a long time to build. Took like a decade, yeah. Took a long time to build. And although it only has a million like tourist visitors, it actually has ridiculous amounts of ships pass through it each year, 14,000, uh, saving crews almost 8,000 miles by avoiding sailing around the tip of South America. Mm. Um, like that point meeting between the Atlantic and the uh, Pacific Oceans. So it was built by the United States during the Roosevelt administration. That's Teddy Roosevelt for you guys. Oh, Teddy. And one of the most difficult and largest engineering projects in human history. It takes 12 hours to move between the locks and the canal. But just think about that. It takes that long, and they're still getting 14,000 ships through. You know what that means? They're running that bitch all day. 24-7, 365. Oh, it is going, 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 going. I mean, we, we know... Obviously, in like the last few months, the big ruckus that was caused with the ships and the Suez Canal and all that. Well, this was like the OG, like massive shipping hub, and it still is the massive shipping hub in the world. I mean, just thinking about that, like saving you, it doesn't seem like a lot, but saving 8,000 miles off of a trip is like billions of dollars. Billions, especially to like today. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And you're also. 
you're also preserving people's health because you're not putting them in harm's way out on an ocean that is at times unpredictable. But yeah, just think about like, it might seem like, well, what's the big deal? Why didn't they just be, like dig a big trench and just have like flowing ocean? It ain't that simple. The Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean are fundamentally different bodies of water. All right. You cannot just simply dig a ditch and say, go for it. All right. You need to balance out like the water levels, the salinity, all of that kind of crazy stuff. So that's why it takes 12 hours for you to go from one side to the other side, even though it's only in Panama Canal is only like a couple miles long. Yeah. And see, when you look at pictures of it, because like I pulled up a picture, there are there are the locks and the locks are the areas where the water is rising and falling, right? So a ship will come in there and then the water will rise to the height of the other side or lower to the height of the other side, depending on which direction it's going. But the middle of it is this giant river. And when you look at it, you're probably thinking like, Oh, Hey, it's just a river. Like, what's a big deal? Like, nah, they made that. Yeah. Like they dug that out. That whole thing all the way across is man-made. Everything. So the parts that look like a river, yep, that was all dug out. And all that water came rushing shh, rushing in. So don't be sitting there thinking like, oh, man, it was, it was like a river that they modified. Like, no, this was dug from nothing. This is amazing. Pictures just don't do it justice. And again, like the visitors, it, it, it has 14 mil, or a million people listed as visitors, but that's not like... Those are people who are touristy visitors coming and checking out the locks and like mm -hmm. the tours behind that. We're not talking about the economic impact that this has, which makes this kind of like its own little sleeper in itself, even though um, let's go back to the bracket. I think it's the it's the seven seed. So, yeah. I mean, it's not ridiculously high. It's not ridiculously low, but the impact it has on I mean, global markets is just um, I mean, I think it might make it a top contender. It's like, I mean, a, it's like in a heavy category, but it's a top contender. I mean, if you think about it, like what humans have attempted to do for, I mean, all of human history, pretty much. If you're thinking about finding shortcuts, they built a shortcut, but it does, that doesn't even do it justice. Like this is a engineering Marvel. Like you're talking about hundred years ago, rudimentary, like techno steam power technology doing all this in the span of only a decade when you know like it's very complicated to build something like this and it still works today so kudos to them man taj mahal not not what i'm not what we're talking about i looked at panama it panama canal <laughs> yeah that panama canal that, that shit's impressive i know and then uh its opponent here is the sydney opera house just, i mean it's only built in 1973, so it's going on 40 years of being around. So it's it for again 1970s architecture and design is very nice. It's it's kind of like reminds me of like Frank Lloyd Wright kind of style a little bit. Um, it like I said, built in 1973. It hosts about 1,500 performances annually, which pretty crazy if you think about it. Only 365 days in a year, but yet it has 1,500 performances. How do they all do that? that that's like three that's like four performances a day how does that work i don't know but nevertheless 1500 performances annually and one of the 20th century's most famous and distinctive buildings you know when you think of australia this is probably the first thing you think about honestly because it's right smack dab at sydney harbor it's really cool looking it's got kind of like this like i don't know shell type of design where it's like stacked on top of one another 
um, probably one of the most famous like musical venues you'd have to imagine in the world. So Sydney Opera House, it gets about, I mean, it gets pretty good numbers. 10.9 million people visit that annually. It's pretty darn good. A lot of these ones are like in the low mills. It's 10.9. That's pretty good. I wonder if it counts. I've never been to Australia, so I have no idea how their tour systems work. But I would imagine that part of their tourism numbers comes from taking ferries that go around the harbor. Mm -hmm. And you get to see that profile of the opera. I mean, because obviously from the road, it's going to be different than what you see on the water, which is that iconic image. Um, in 2000, they had the Olympics there in Sydney, and that yeah. was like the symbol of the Olympics, and nothing yeah. related to the Olympics happened there that I remember. Maybe some kind of ceremony, but most of the time that happens at the track. You know so. what it makes me almost think of was um, kind of like like how the Space Needle's like Seattle symbol. It kind of it strikes me in that same vein, like something that's not that old but has regional significance, and it becomes like identifiable with that region, and yeah. it's like postmodern architecture it's kind of got a similar kind of like not like art deco but like i don't know i'm thinking of like the the jetson style like spacey kind of architecture a little bit yeah you know it's similar like kind of thing. Re- it's like retro futurism yeah exactly yeah it's cool looking though for sure i'd like to go see it uh, it's definitely got the aesthetics that the panama canal doesn't have but the panama canal is way more important than this Panama is so practical. It, it, I, I it's, just, it's globally and historically significant on many different levels. I got to go with Panama Canal just because it's like, <laughs> it means a lot. It means so much. And I'm like, I'm so astounded by it. I feel like we have to just put it through. Yeah. Because I also thinking of like the Space Needle as a, as a good gauge of the Opera House. Like I could also see it like Seattle built that for the World's Fair, but also like it didn't really like it need to be built. They wanted it to be built, and now they've been using it as like a tourist thing. And I could see the Sydney Opera House kind of in that same vein, where like, do you really need to build that? Not probably not, but it's like a big tourist attraction. Okay, well, this is one where the numbers are going to pan out. Jeez, I keep on hitting the wrong quick key. There we go. Nope. Well, kind of. Whatever. Someone got it. Panama Canal moving on, beating out the 10 seed as its number seven seed self. So far, you know, no upset so far. Let's see. India, Turkey, Japan. Oh, dude, you're so right. But that's not for a lack of trying. We had no. roll-offs, man. We had overtime games. We had overtime. Hold up. Which ones were overtime? Taj Mahal was not. Statue of Liberty was. Statue of Liberty was. The Hagia Sophia was. We're putting OTs next to those because you know what? Those were overtime decisions. They squeaked by. They squeaked. Oh, you know what? I clicked it on the wrong one. My bad. Because I shouldn't put it on them advancing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay. So they win in OT, not OY. Come on, Ben. There we go. Um, and you said Hagia Sophia. Yeah, Hagia Sophia. Wait, because were you going for Big Ben? I switched. Oh, no, 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 you're right. I was going for Big Ben, that's right. Yeah. No, I switched on Taj Mahal, I think. Yeah, Taj yeah, Mahal, you, flip, you flipped it. Okay, so we have Panama Canal beating out Sydney Opera House. All right. And that was not an overtime victory. That was nope. just no, by decision. Straight across. Decision. 
next round, now we're starting to get that divide again. Mm-hmm. Six seed versus the 11 seed. That uh, say it for me. Neusch Weinstein. Neusch Weinstein. Yep. Neusch Weinstein against St. Basil's Cathedral. This is an interesting one. Tell me why. Tell me why this is an interesting one. Because Neusch Weinstein's got some cool history. Well, not cool history, but it's got like historically like interesting history. Um, and but St. Basil's, like I'll talk about it a little bit more, is singularly unique. There's nothing else like it. And like I'll explain what that means. But go for it, Neusch, Neusch Weinstein. Tell me about it. Commissioned by King Ludwig II of Bavaria as a retreat and in honor of Richard Wagner. Yeah, the the composer. Like you got the the you probably heard like Wagner. Yeah. Yep. That's dude. That's dope fact. Right. Privately funded by Lugwin's own fortune rather than public funds. Come on now. Yeah, and this was like when you think about late eighteen, like I guess that'd be nineteenth century kind of industrial revolution. People weren't really on board for like monarchs using like public taxes to build stuff anymore. So this guy, like, you know, kudos to him. He's he's doing his own thing. He's using his own money. Good for you. Yo, they don't even do that now. The Bills are trying to get a new stadium. Yeah, and they want the taxpayers to pay for it. And I was like, I like the Bills, but screw them. Yeah, this guy, this guy's like, I'm gonna build my own cool castle. It was uh, constructed. Construction began in 1869, but ne- was never fully completed. But it was Lud- It was Ludwig's uh, private residence. Yeah. Which is so like dope. you know he was like I think he was a little bit older in his life when this, he started this and you know probably had a grand master plan for it but yeah some things kind of didn't quite make it. Fun fact about the castle itself: um, there's actually another castle right down the road from it. It's like a big yellow castle. I oh, couldn't yeah. tell you what it's called. I just remember from the Amazing Race they had to go to this castle and some of them went to the other one. It was like oh that was a wrong castle, messed up. But it was. <laughs> In the clue, it said an iconic castle. And this is the iconic the castle. Neuschwanstein. The Neuschwanstein castle is pretty iconic. I mean, I can't say it. Yeah. Just because I can't but say I it doesn't mean, I, doesn't mean it's not iconic. I mean, all the Disney castles, the Sleeping Beauty castles modeled after it. Okay, uh, it was a depot for art stolen by the Nazis during World War II due, it, due to its size and its secluded location because it's out in the woods. If you look up... I'm like, if you look up pictures. I'll show you. Yeah, look up pictures, but in the meantime, I'll also show you because this thing's pretty sweet. And an interesting note about, like, the Nazis, like, stashing their stolen art because, like, they were looting everything during the war is that they not only did they use it to, like, (coughs) store a lot of the art, but they, like, cataloged everything. Like, this was, like, their staging area almost to, like, catalog exactly what they stole. And when the Americans came and, like, the Nazis surrendered this over, like, that catalog, that physical catalog of all these pictures of these, like, famous works of art stolen from, like, France and other places is actually in our archives. Like, if you go to the U.S. archives, like, we have, like, this Nazi book of art pictures. Okay. We're, like, figure out how to zoom in. You know what? I know how to do this. Wait. Okay. Dude, look at these pictures. These are insane. It's very scenic. It's ridiculous. Like, if I didn't know any better, I thought that would have been built in, like, the, you know, 14, 15, 1300s, you know, way older than it actually is. 
It gets pretty good visitors too. One point three million. I mean, for what it is being yeah. out in the woods. I mean, the the whole thing is like the best landmarks. Mm. Doge, Doge screaming. The fact that this big thing was built with private funds, didn't use taxpayer funds. It's absolutely beautiful. It towers over the forest around it. It is a. It is an iconic landmark and monument. Like what other things in Germany? The Brandenburg Gate. What else was there? Um, was there anything else in Germany? This is like the thing from Germany. Not really. Like Germany is like, I don't know. It's fundamentally rebuilt because it was destroyed. If you think about it, like the Brandenburg Gate's like really in this is kind of like the, a few of the things that were untouched by World War II. This thing is so sick. So dope. It's a cool looking castle for sure. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Okay, St. Basil's Cathedral, go for it. All right, so this is going to be built in 1561. It's actually built on the orders of Ivan the Terrible, like as in like the ruthless like king of Russia. You know, he could have um, been better. <laughs> it's in the name. Uh, it's one of the most popular symbols of Russia. Like when you think about like Russia, if you're, this is like one of the things that pops up and you like look at it and you're like, wait, what? That's in Russia? Like how is that in Russia? That's like, it's a such a beautiful like cathedral and you're like this makes zero sense because you think about like russian architecture and style it's like very like concrete squares it, like the kremlin is a cool building but for the most part like stalingrad and all that like they they it was very much cookie cutter buildings for efficiency i mean they're they're communist um it has nine domes that were shaped like bonfires rising to the sky that explains like they're very colorful style and like they wanted it to, to look like almost kind of like a living building almost um there is no other building like it in russia or in any of the byzantine tradition from the 5th to the 15th century so where these guys were getting inspiration for this building beats me this is one of one this is singularly unique like they came up with every single piece of this church cathedral on their own they didn't draw any inspiration from anybody this is Entirely like Russian style that was completely made out of thin air. Unique. It's one of one. Where like Hagia Sophia, it was copied over and over and over again. This is, nothing else has been like it before or after. This is it. But does copying a great work diminish the great work? Because that's like saying if you have the Mona Lisa and someone replicates it, then the original is diminished. <laughs> well, what I mean by this is that, like, this is why it, it very much stands out, is that there are no other parallels to it. It is, it's very, 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 very unique. Not to say that copying, like, nice things is a bad thing, but nevertheless, it's unique. Yeah. And then it was... Uh, <laughs> Dude, you can say that about Neuschenstein. It's true. Neuschenstein. Um, you know um, what I mean? But... The castle. The St. Basil's completely secularized in 1929 until 1997. So it was kind of a uh, more of like a state property for the entire Soviet length of the Soviet Union. Makes sense. But uh, had know, tracks. It's just smack dab in the middle of Red Square and it's surrounded by like the Kremlin and all these like significant government buildings and things. And this is just like sticks out. It's completely unique. So St. Basil's. Six seed versus the 11 seed. St. Basil's number 11. Neuschenstein Castle, number six. What are you thinking, dude? I'm on the uh, 
I'm on. I'm on the castle. I'm on the cathedral side on this one. I'm on the castle, man. That castle's iconic. This is this is iconic for a completely different reason. The castle's one of one too, bro. Don't get caught up. Like, in that. like it's colorful. Okay, big deal. People. It color looks like shit it could crazy. be out of like Willy Wonka's. I don't know, man. I think we might have another roll off on this. I I am firmly in the the Saint Basil's, even though I do like the the castle. I I am on the Saint Basil's side on this. All right, well, n- random number generator. We're doing this again because it's it's Fired OT. Up. OT. Neuschenstein with a five. Oh Oof. no, overtime. They're not doing great in overtime. The first upset. Saint Basil's coming through. Saint Basil's comes through. And wow, what an upset that was. Dude, we need like a soundbite to play when we have to go into overtime. I don't know what it would be. I don't feel so good. I mean, that's a <laughs> that's a good one for this circumstance. I can't believe that upset. Oopsies. I cannot believe that upset. It's insane. Wow. What? Yeah. So Vatican City... Versus the Wailing Wall. This is the three versus the 14 on the east side. Round one. Guys, we're still in round one. Buckle in. This thing's going deep. It's going deep. <laughs> we might have to. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we're doing. I'm feeling good. Matt, you feeling good? Feeling good. Feeling, feeling good. good. Feeling good. Uh, Vatican City, Sistine Chapel, Israel Wailing Wall. Three and 14. This looks like a deep matchup, but... I want to hope that it's something special. You, you know, looked into both of them. What do you think? I I think like the importance is probably pretty pretty like even on both of these, but this is one where I think like the aesthetics like takes over. Oh jeez. Okay. So he's the high seed in this is the Sistine Chapel. The third seed in the whole brat in this half of the half of the contest. I mean, it's it's a top contender here. We're talking about one of the heavy hitters. Um, established in 1508, one of the most sacred locations in Christendom, located in the apost- Apostolic Palace in the Vatican City. I said that right, right? Yes. Okay. Side of the palp of Jesus. Why do they have to make things so interesting? Side of the palpal con- conclave where the new pope is selected. I just feel like, wow can't even read today ceiling in the last judgment painted by michelangelo and changed the course of western art and regarded as one of the major accomplishments in human civilization it's definitely interesting yeah yeah i mean like that ceiling and like his art in there is like that's like the standard that's like what makes it yeah. That's what makes it what it is. It's a giant piece of art by Michelangelo. That's the thing. Sponsored it's, by the church. It's just like anything else. It's just kind of the interior of another part of like the papal residence. But what does the outside of it look like? That's a good question. I mean, because we know what the ceiling looks like. Well, I think the the thing is, I think it's just like a room within. Because yeah, it's kind of kind of bland on the outside. Honestly, it's mm. just another portion of the. Uh, 
All right, well, tell us about the Wailing Wall because, I mean, that's who it's facing. Yeah, so the Wailing Wall, it is the holiest Jewish site in the world. Uh, it is part of the former second Jewish temple uh, built by King Herod in the year uh, 19 BCE, before Common Era. Uh, that's old. That's extremely old. Are right, you talking about this? Is this is right now? This is the oldest of the ones we've just talked about. This is the oldest landmark, without a doubt. Um, Hold up, wait, what? Yeah. Say that again. This is the old of the ones only the ones we've talked about, not the one not we haven't not the other side of the bracket. Just oh, this, yeah, okay, okay of okay, the okay. 19 BCE. That's old. Visited by Donald Trump himself. <laughs> um, the second temple was destroyed in the year 70 AD, um, and this is the remaining portion of that temple all right tourists from around the world will come to insert a prayer into the wall it is an extremely holy site in fact 750,000 people um come here just during passover so millions annually but just during passover almost a million on itself so very holy holy site um a lot of religious significance and spiritual significance to a lot of people around the world I mean, it may not get a bunch of visitors relative to other spots with its, but I mean, 750,000 during Passover. That's only like a, and Passover is only like a month. Dude, that's crazy. That's so many people. So it is significant, but Sistine Chapel is like, that art is, you, you, there's no equivalent to it. Dude, I'm going to argue against you. I guess we're going to go into another overtime in this. I hope that the Wailing Wall can take this one, and I'll tell you why. And I think this is what would eliminate the Sistine Chapel later on, and it could become a sticking point for others moving on. Like the first rounds, I think there's a little bit of leeway, but as we get a little more nitpicky, yeah. the Sistine Chapel is not a landmark. It's not a monument. You know, like it's a beautiful piece of art. It's really like no doubt it's iconicness. Mm. Like it, it's inside of a building. Like the outside of the building is like if you Google it, there is not a single picture of the outside of yeah. that building. If because, you didn't know it was there, you wouldn't know. Because this is like that's just not what it is. The Wailing Wall. It's a wall. Is it going to lose to other things in the future? I think both of these probably would. They're a great matchup head to head. But if we're talking about a landmark just the sh like which one garners more people i it's hard because mm -hmm. the Sistine Chapel has like an accurate number versus the Wailing Wall it's just it's not counting they're not counting the amount of people that come to pray at it cuz you're going to have people that come daily does a repeat count as a visit yeah it's a good point if i go through the turnstile at Disneyland multiple times a year those are multiple visits i mean i bet you the Wailing Wall is close and the fact that it's a jewish site Mm -hmm. And they make up such a small percentage of the population for who would actually go there. Uh, dude, I, I think I'm going with the Wailing Wall on this one. Send it to the generator. Sending it to the generator. Need a generator button, too. All right, so first number rolling up. We've been doing the high seats first, so Sistine Chapel... Damn, rolling a strong 18. That's a good that's a good roll right there. Uh, come on, Wailing Wall. Let's go. You need to you need to have a big overtime right here. 
Big overtime, big overtime, big overtime, big overtime. What's it getting? 30. There you go. Let's there's, go. There's they the had upset. the they had the perfect overtime. The wailing wall is moving on. And like I said, it it we don't know how it's going to do moving forward, but it can say Two that. Two upsets in a row. Dude, that is really sick. I'm excited. I got to correct the St. Basil's because that was also an overtime victory. Nice. All right. So to conclude us out in round number one here on the east side of the bracket, we've got the Genghis Khan statue in the Eiffel Tower. Tell us about the Genghis Khan statue. Tell us. Oh, that's me. I have to tell you. Well, let me tell you about the Genghis Khan statue as I try to sound like Dylan. All kinds of, all kinds of, kinds of. It's really shiny sitting out in the open. Let me show you a cool image of that really quickly. Command, boom. Look at that. Look at that number generator. Uh, (laughs) Genghis. I mean, there's not really a lot to say about the Genghis Khan monument um, or statue because it's more of like a visual wonder in itself. Like, look at this thing. Holy smokes. Yeah, in fact, there are really no facts other than the size of it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, it's 131 feet tall. It costs about $4 million to build uh, by a Mongolian company, the Genko Tour Bureau. So it's definitely built as probably like a tourist attraction. Yes, although the numbers for tourism, can't find them. You can't find them, though. (laughs) Can't find them. Because who's going to, like, Mongolia? (laughs) It was built in 2008. Pardon me. It looks amazing. It looks like something out of a video game. Like, for real. It doesn't look real. Yeah. But, I mean, it's out there. It's sitting 131 feet up. I mean, should we be impressed by 131 feet? We have this meters to feet. Oh, jeez. 131? That doesn't sound dope at all. That's 39 meters? Get out I mean, of here. That, that means the Statue of Liberty is, like, three times as tall. How tall is the Eiffel Tower? Uh, It's, like... Over a thousand feet tall. Is it? Yeah, thousand sixty three, thousand sixty three feet tall. Well, it wins in height, yep. three hundred and twenty four meters. That's pretty high up. Okay, tell me about the Eiffel Tower. All right, so it's built in eighteen eighty nine as part of the Paris World Fair. Another, I mean, man, these World Fairs—they are like bread and butter for building some cool stuff. Apparently, um, it is without a doubt the French like symbol in the world. Like, when you think about France, you think about the Eiffel Tower. It's, it's pretty synonymous with French culture and France overall. Um, the most visited paid monument in the world. Wow, that's it, crazy. Isn't that crazy? Like, a lot of these monuments and, and landmarks are free because uh, either they're just buildings or they're just out in the middle of nowhere. You can just kind of visit. Uh, but most visited paid monument in the world, like I said, 1,063 feet tall, largest structure in Paris. It has the highest public observation deck in the European Union and has multiple restaurants. It's got two restaurants. Uh, it's got some elevators on it. You can take the stairs up. Um, and it is built by Gustav Eiffel, a.k.a. the guy who also designed Statue of Liberty. Hmm. So, impressed. actually, this was like his follow-up. So, he built the Statue of Liberty <laughs> first, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to outdo that. He, he did it, and then he was looking at it like this. what could I do what could I do hold my drink let me get to work yeah I'm that's 
The Eiffel Tower. It is. It's their symbol. Like the Statue of Liberty is kind of our symbol. Uh, I think this is a pretty clear cut one. It's so clear cut. Yeah. Sorry, Genghis. I know, and I feel like people might think we're disrespecting Genghis. Didn't have a lot to say, but there's not a lot on there it. Not like, there's say. not a lot. Do do some stuff yourself. I mean, I'm sure you'll be. Like, oh, they use this kind of metal to build it, and like, yeah, cool. I mean, we weren't getting that deep. They went to this place to get this specific type of iron ore. <laughs> that was symbolic of, sorry, not our style. Um, so Eiffel Tower moves on. That is all of round one for the East. So just to remind you of our winners, Statue of Liberty beat the Burj Khalifa in overtime. The Sensoji Temple beat the Ark of the Covenant, or beat the Ark of the Covenant, the <laughs> <laughs> beat the Arc de Triumph. Uh, the Hagia Sophia beat Big Ben in overtime. The Taj Mahal beat out Notre Dame. Uh, Panama Canal beat out Sydney Opera House. Uh, St. Basil's Cathedral beat out the Neuschwanstein in overtime. And then the Wailing Wall also beat out the, its opponent, the Sistine Chapel, in overtime. And the final matchup was the Eiffel Tower against Genghis Khan, and it was honestly a blowout. Yeah. That was, that was no contest. It was no contest. It was contest. over at halftime. That was definitely a high seed versus a low seed, yep. and it didn't pan out maybe next year. Probably not because that's not how history works. That was like the uh, the high seed that lost in their like their conference championship game, and they're like, they're pissed. They're, yeah. out for, they're out for blood. They're like, we should be a one seed. Wow. Well, damn, we are, we're running deep on this. We're an mm-hmm. hour, 10 minutes just going through the first round of the East. So this is probably going to end up... Remember, this is the first time we're doing these bracket build-offs and breakdowns. So it looks like we can do build-ups in about an episode, but bracket breakdowns are going to probably take about three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make the assumption that it'll take us a whole other episode to get through the West <laughs> and then we can probably breeze through the second and finals. You know, it's the first round that this takes the longest. Yeah, exactly. Cause you got to get all the information out. I mean, it's probably, I mean, yeah, we're over an hour, so we're, we're going to call it here, but you know what you might notice it, they, these are getting uploaded more often than Mount Draftmore. Mount Draftmore's are getting uploaded once a week, but these bracket buildoffs are getting released every two or three days because we're doing so because of the structure of them. We want you to stay involved in them and, all that. So, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around. Matt, good researching with the East. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll get to hear my, my stuff on the West next roundabout. Uh, until next time, everybody, be safe out there. It's been a bracket breakdown. <laughs>